Hello, my name is Crystal, and welcome to my podcast, A Look in Between the Lines, where each episode is a new chapter in our journey through the captivating world of storytelling, and it's my job to help turn the pages with you. Now, in my personal humble opinion, all fiction is based off of some aspects of reality, which is why it resonates with us so deeply, whether we are aware of it or not. And I believe that by discussing the messages found in these stories, we can learn more about ourselves and the world around us. My qualifications? So happy you asked. I just really like storytelling and psychology, and I think this is a great way of combining the two. So let's take a look at what we will be discussing in this chapter. We are currently in the table of contents section, where I will be giving you a preview of what will be talked about in this chapter. And with that being said, let's introduce the first story we will be diving into, which is a personal favorite of mine, Naruto. And the way the chapter outline is set up is that we will be discussing Naruto as a whole, my personal feelings about the series, and then an analysis of the series. And after all of that, we will finish out the chapter with final thoughts and an invitation for you to share your own insights and experiences. Now, Naruto as a whole is a really big story, so there's only so much I can do within the one chapter but within this chapter I will be talking about one specific scene so with that being said there will definitely be other chapters dedicated solely to Naruto and just so you guys are aware because I'm listening back to the podcast as I'm editing this I talk kind of fast so I'm gonna work on it for next one uh, but just heads up I am so sorry chapter one Naruto unraveling the ninja way the power of perspective so you're probably wondering why I chose this anime for the very first chapter of my podcast. That is a great question. Um, Naruto was the first anime I watched back in elementary school, so just naturally it became my favorite. Speaking of which, Naruto is a Japanese manga and anime series centered around Naruto Uzumaki, a young ninja who dreams of becoming the strongest there is and earning the title of Hokage, which is basically the leader of his village. The story of Naruto begins with him as an outcast, largely due to the fact that he has a nine-tailed demon fox sealed within him, which is the same demon that was responsible for killing a lot of people in his village. So, you know, the reality that Naruto finds himself in, including the fact that he grew up without parents, kind of puts him in the position of being an outsider. However, Naruto's story is one of growth and resilience. As he matures, he dedicates himself to training and he eventually becomes stronger. Naruto's journey is riddled with his beliefs being challenged and his unyielding resolve to stay true to what he believes in. The central plotline in Naruto is the dynamic between Naruto and Sasuke Uchiha. Sasuke is a member of Naruto's team, but he eventually finds himself on a path of revenge and Naruto is determined to bring his friend back from the darkness that can consume you from following this path. Their relationship is really a battle between their ideological beliefs, with Naruto embodying the strength of connections, and Sasuke the pain of loss and vengeance. I would say for a very long time, I love the Naruto series for its action sequences and just Naruto himself. His personality is one of my favorite types. But later down the line, I really started paying attention to what kind of person Kishimoto made Naruto to be. I resonated with a lot of the qualities Naruto has, such as his optimism, empathy, and his bravery against those who challenge his beliefs, even having to fight against his own hatred. While I do love this series with my entire heart and soul, there are some things that I do wish were improved on. This is where, if you're not well versed in Naruto, you might want to tune out, but if you don't care, you don't really care about spoilers, then please, please stay along with us. I'm, I'm gonna make it short. I'm gonna make it quickie short and real cute and respectful. I'm gonna start off actually at the end of the series. Kaguya. Look, listen, I am all for super cool aliens. But when you set up Madara, and it makes sense, Madara's whole thing was getting revenge on the village for how they mistreated Uchiha's and all that, right? Getting his lick back. That is a perfect villain for the series of Naruto. And you're just gonna kill him off so this alien woman can come? And I, I get like her sons are like technically the reincarnations of Naruto. So, oh, whatever, cool, right? But why cut off what Madara is doing 
just to bring her in. And honestly, the only reason why I think they brought her in in the first place was for Boruto. But that's besides the point. At least let Madara, like, finish his big bad, you know? But you had Black Zetsu come and kill him? What are we talking about? That made me so mad. I think it would have been so cool to have kind of like Naruto and Sasuke kind of come together at the end and kind of fight the ideal that Madara was doing. Um, but, you know, I didn't write it, so it's whatever. Um, another thing that I, that I wish could have been improved on was the writing of the women. Now, I'm sure if you follow me on social media, there was like probably three weeks where I was just talking about Sakura because I felt like since her character wasn't well written, a lot of people were able to take their misogynistic takes on women and project it onto her and hate her. And it was it was just a lot, right? And even outside of Sakura, I feel like other characters like Hinata, of course, Tintin, weren't really, you know, the best well written. I know they weren't main characters, but it would have been nice to see them kind of more fleshed out because he really did write them to be fire characters. Like Tintin, the weapons master, Hinata, Hugo, clan the princess of the like fire but but then they just kind of just became like Hinata just ended up getting married to Naruto and nothing else and if she wanted to be just a housewife that's cool not mad at it but something else that I didn't even think about until someone brought it up to me was Naruto technically wasn't even there for his Hokage ceremony it was uh, Konohamaru because Naruto got knocked out by uh, his daughter. What? The entire series, Naruto is talking about, I'm going to be Hokage. I'm going to be Hokage. Believe it. But he wasn't even able to be there in person for his ceremony. They had to do a substitution. Oh, my gosh, bro. That, that was crazy. And last thing I'll say, Naruto and Hinata's relationship. I'll just say... I just wish it was a bit more fleshed out because the entire series we're watching Hinata hide behind trees, be scared, you know, follow the trope of the shy girl, Naruto oblivious, right? And then they had to come in and make the last to retcon to make it make sense because the entire time it wasn't making sense. And a lot of people bring up like the pain fight and how Hinata did this and that and blah, 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 this and that, right? She did. Naruto went crazy. I genuinely believe that if it was anyone else, in Hinata's position, Naruto would have reacted the same way. If it was Sakura, he would have went crazy. If it was Kiba, who knows? I don't know their relationship, but who knows? <laughs> like, maybe he would have went crazy. I just feel like it could have been anyone, not just Hinata. Like, if it was Neji, I'm sure he would have went crazy too, you know? So with their relationship, I just wish there was more buildup. And a lot of people are like, oh my god, but it's a shonen. There doesn't need to be romance. Then why would he put it in there? Why would he do it? You're gonna do it. Go crazy, you know? But yeah, it, it's whatever. I really do love how Kishimoto wrote like the themes in this, especially with how Naruto and Sasuke have such different ideals and how they intertwine and interweave with each other throughout the story and how like multiple stories throughout the series kind of like follow the same thing. It's just so fire. Like one of the first major fights in Naruto was about this character named Zabuza, right? So look, we're going to get into it. It is so Fire, just how it's written and I can really 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 appreciate how he really fleshes these ideas out and really intertwines these characters with these thoughts and all. like it's just he's just fire he just killed it a lot of people hate this I love talk no jutsu I personally love it because I feel like a lot of people just want Naruto to beat the bad guy up but Naruto's like no I'm a I'm a I'm 
gonna hear him out. I'm gonna see what's going on in that head of his. And I rock with that. Me personally, I rock with that. And this kind of follows like the whole talk no jutsu thing because Naruto just doesn't give up on people. Like with Sasuke, the whole thing, he never gives up on Sasuke. Now there are arguments of whether Naruto should have continued to chase Sasuke. And we can save that for another chapter about Naruto in this podcast. I just really rock with Naruto not giving up on people. And that's probably like one of the biggest things I really like in Naruto is that message. So those are just a couple things that I like about Naruto. I could talk about the fighting. The fight with Naruto and Sasuke in the Valley of the End was so fire. That used to be my lock screen when you were able to have like a live photo. The entire fight was my lock screen. It was just so fire. And the music in Naruto, fire. The openings in Naruto, fire, bro. Fire. I just, it's a great series, man. So now we are in the part of the chapter where we really take a closer look into the story, an analysis, if you will. So let's start with the themes in the series. Now, if you're not aware, themes are the central ideas, subjects, or messages that run throughout the narrative. I think the primary themes told in Naruto are of acceptance, perseverance, and the importance of bonds. And I have a great example of that, and I think it really sheds a light on like human behavior and emotions. And that is Zabuza and Haku. Now, this is kind of the first major arc in Naruto, which is crazy because it was so amazing um but let's let's get into it so let's start off with haku's background because we got to know who these characters are so as a child haku grew up primarily as an orphan similar to naruto the fear of abandonment which is something ingrained in like all children growing up became a driving force for haku which i think led to his desire to feel needed by anyone, which then eventually led him to attaching himself to Zabuza and molding himself into whatever Zabuza required, even at the cost of his own dreams and identity. Because Haku didn't want to be a shinobi, and he had a very kind heart and didn't really want to do all these things that Zabuza would make him do. But, you know, the feeling and need of being wanted overpowered his own need for self. Now moving on to Zabuza. Similar to how Naruto had his academy battles in order to move on to the next rank, Zabuza's village did it two but it was kind of different their mizukage similar to a hokage had a rule where you had to kill someone during the exam and zabuza ended up killing over 100 academy students he was then known as the demon hidden in the mist due to zabuza's way of life which was filled with conflict betrayal and survival he eventually forms this perspective that the way of shinobi is for using each other, just as he was used his entire life. And now let's move on to Gato, which was kind of the villain in this arc. So Gato hired Zabuza and Haku to kill the bridge maker Tazuna, who was getting in the way of him making money. Um, their relationship was really just another enforcement to the notion that shinobi are merely tools and used to do the bidding of others. And this leads me to the cycle of hurt. A saying that I'm sure you've heard at least once in your life is that hurt people hurt people. And so for Zabuza, he passed on his suffering onto Haku, and he didn't take into consideration that Haku Haku is a person. He's not merely just a tool to be used for his strength and skills. So when Haku died and Zabuza said, You don't understand the way of Shinobi. I merely used him just as Gato used me. <gasps> now it's over. His usefulness is at an end. It makes sense because the only thing Zabuza ever knew was being used and to use others. And instead of breaking the cycle that Zabuza himself found himself in, he instead continued it. So there is a moment before Naruto gets a chance to meet Haku and it's in this garden. I'm sure you've all seen the scene if you've seen the show, obviously, because it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and they have a discussion about what real strength is. When a person has something precious that they want to protect, then they become genuinely strong. 
And this is a stark contrast to Zabuza's view on Shinobi and probably a lot of others in the Shinobi world. And I think by giving us the perspective that true Shinobi strength comes from, you know, wanting to protect others and caring for people and not just, you know, being good at fighting, it kind of adds another layer of an understanding of what it means to be a real Shinobi. You know, moving past just the traditional view of being skilled in battle, you know? And eventually Naruto and his team finally have their final battle against Zabuza and Haku. Haku ends up sacrificing himself for Zabuza and the response that Zabuza has is if anything real to how he viewed Haku and how he just views the world in general. The loss of his strength and skill, yes. That means something to me. But the boy, nothing. And honestly, based off of the way Zabuza grew up and the way he continued the cycle of hurt, it makes sense why he would respond like that. But then Naruto gives him a perspective that challenges his worldview and how shinobi aren't meant to be used as tools for conflict. While he was sacrificing everything for you, you never felt anything at all for him? And if I become stronger, does that mean I'll become as cold-hearted as you are? He threw his life away. You never let him have a dream of his own, but he didn't care. And you just toss him aside like he was nothing. A broken tool. Man, that's so wrong. And after Naruto's quote-unquote talk no jutsu, Zabuza acknowledges the impact of Naruto's words by saying, Your words cut deep. Deeper than any blade. Which is why I love Takano Jutsu so much because it really is like a transformative power of empathy and compassion and it can give you another perspective on how to view the world not just out of the view that you had. And I think Naruto's belief that shinobi aren't meant to be used as tools but are meant to protect others really challenges Zabuza's worldview. This confrontation I feel like brings a crucial realization that even shinobi often seen as, you know, emotionless warriors are human at their core. They're not just tools meant to be used for whatever agenda their higher-ups want to push. And I think Zabuza's reflection on all of this was really, I don't know, I really liked it. Um, he acknowledges his failure. Are you so surprised to discover that I'm human? Even Shinobi are human. No matter how hard we try to escape that simple fact, we always fail. Well, at least I have failed. And I think that the failure that he's referring to is him forgetting that he is human and he's more than just an emotionless tool that like his society and the ninja world is like painting him as. And that he is able to have emotions and care about the ones who are close to him, you know, which is kind of what Haku was saying in the garden with Naruto, you know? Um, and I think even for Naruto, his biggest takeaway, I think, was the importance of being compassionate to those who care for you. And like Zabuza and Haku, in my opinion, were a big catalyst for Naruto's resolve, for him wanting to create his own ninja way outside of the ninja way that has been established for however long ninjas have been around. And I think his ninja way is really built off of kindness and empathy and how he wants to strive to end the cycle of hate that Zabuza and Haku unfortunately found themselves in. And I think kind of overall, a takeaway that people can take Take away from this is kind of just being conscious of like your actions and, and maybe how things in your own life and your past could be affecting how you treat others and just being self-aware of your actions and taking the time to understand and appreciate the ones that you care for. I love Naruto so much <laughs> and the series is just filled with so many positive elements. It's been so nice to come back and go through like the smaller stories within it and just cry about how impactful they are and I really see myself in Naruto and I wonder if like since I was watching this show as a kid if his personality and beliefs might have rubbed off on me in some way shape or form. I don't know but if so shout out to him because he has such a kind heart and I feel like that's something that is so needed in today's world and I know we only went through one fight out of the 720 episodes Naruto has. Um, we 
we didn't even touch like Naruto and Sasuke's relationship, which is like the biggest part of Naruto. But I think it would really benefit people to go back and watch some of like the major fights throughout the series because they all have such powerful messages and I feel like they could still help you to this day. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. At me or hashtag the podcast. Um, we have an Instagram. It is a look underscore. <laughs> what is it? It's a look underscore in between the lines. Sorry, I just made it. You can at me on any social media or just find my account. It's at Crystal Chanel. K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S-H-A-N-E-L-L-E. So we can continue the conversation. I had so much fun talking about one of my favorite series in all of existence and I can't wait to talk about the next one. And you are probably wondering, what is the next series that we're going to be talking about? And I'm so happy you asked because I have a character from the show to tell you right now. I have no enemies at all. I don't know if that actually tells you if you don't know who it is, but that is Thorfinn from Vinland Saga, another favorite of mine. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Anyway, I appreciate you all for listening to the first chapter of the podcast with me, and I'm looking forward to the next. And please remember, just like the stories we love, our own lives are filled with endless possibilities and paths to explore. So, until the next chapter, please stay curious, stay inspired, and keep creating your own story.